And now the dog is sniffing my armpits. All right. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cheap Smut. My name is Katie Mizell. And my name is Carl Mizell. And this is a podcast where I am in charge. And because I'm in charge, I have declared this entire month to be spooky smut-tober. Spooky smut only. And I am uh, doing the right thing and getting the hell out of her way. <laughs> yeah, it's best to just uh, sit back and let Hurricane Katie blow on through. Yeah, no, I, I'm... I'm not going to get in the way, but, uh, but besides, it's a great idea. Yeah. Why would I stop that? I, I I agree. I think it's a great idea, but it's mine, so I well, obviously think it's great because it's mine. And I think you're great, but it, yeah. it is a good idea. There's a lot of spooky smut out there, uh, and we're going to be covering it all month long. Yep. How the heck are you? Grumpy? Yeah, I, I know we were kind of sniping at each other we were, a little bit. But a little. That's all right. It's okay. Yeah, I'm just stressed out because I'm I'm going out of town tomorrow to yeah. hang out with my sister and some of my cousins and have an adult weekend away from my children. But because I'm going away from my children, I'm stressed. Yeah, and I'm excited to I hang know. out with the kids because I, I don't know. get to spend a lot of time. You, you love a daddy day. I love a daddy day. That I do. You are in the way, Daniel, and do not need to be here. Thank you, Bye, Daniel. Danny. Um, I'm excited for it, and I'm excited for you to get uh, a weekend away from the kids uh, and you're taking the dog yes I am I'm taking uh, the dog thank God for that Mr. Himbo Jones I love him I do but holy fuck is he a pain in my ass <laughs> well he's a puppy so yeah. I mean he's not a puppy puppy he's seven months old but he still has puppy energy yeah and I was grumpy because I was playing a, a video game before the the record for too long mm. I got a little too in into it and a little too autistic about it and I like I said, it was like the video game equivalent of saying the word banana over and over again. Like it was just I didn't even know what I was doing at that point. Yeah. And so and then the mic stand was being stupid and fine motor nonsense at yeah, that point. It is. It's all dumb. So let's just move past all that. Mm -hmm. Put all that in the past mm -hmm. because it, it was a great week. Yes. And it was a great day. Now, today we are recording on Friday, September 29th. We always record on Fridays and release on Mondays, but today is a special day because by the time you're hearing this, uh, it, it, at least three days have passed since our author profile yeah. of C. Rochelle was released. It was released today, uh, September 29th. Yes, it was, and it's so, so good. I, I listened to it yeah. today. Usually I listen to the show before it posts because I have to have, you know, like final, yeah. final say on stuff. I don't have to. You give me final say on stuff. <laughs> um, you, you have no idea the stuff that I've cut from the show. Oh, yeah. No, I don't have a, I have no clue what you've cut, but I do sometimes go, we should probably cut that as well. Yeah. Also, not to brag or anything, but I do get the show a day early because yeah, it's, it's mine. <laughs> and I listen to it like three times before it even shows up in your feed. Yeah. And I can always tell how, how excited you are by the record because the time from the time I close my laptop at the end of the record to the time I open it again to start editing it mm -hmm. is shorter. Mm -hmm. Like you've never asked me to just start editing. No. But there have been times where it's like, well, yeah, you know, it's Saturday. It's slow. Why don't we just, why don't why you just, don't we just edit, do the edit? Why don't you just edit today? Yeah. And the C. Rochelle episode was, was no exception, although I did actually, that one, because I had to edit, it was the first time I had to edit two episodes in one week. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I was like, I've got something going on. Oh, that's right. On the 29th. And I had something work-related. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, shit, I have to finish the edit of the, the C. Rochelle interview. But it was a really light edit because 
she was magnificent. She was funny and charming and extremely forthcoming in terms of like her process and how she works and, oh, yeah. and what she's going to be doing next. Yeah. So if you haven't already listened to that episode, uh, we highly recommend that you go do that. We have plans to do one author profile a month. We've got a lot of authors that we've been in contact with who were very kind and very excited to be like, yes, please. I, I would love to come on and talk about some up with you guys. So we will. Uh, and shoot, maybe if we get enough, we could maybe start doing them biweekly. I yeah. don't want to put that evil on, on me uh, <laughs> yeah. right now. But <laughs> the extra uh, editing. Exactly. But in the meantime, go check out that C. Rochelle episode uh, and then come back uh, and listen to this episode. <laughs> or, or maybe you already listened to that episode. Time is weird. Uh, but w- today we're kicking off a smutty uh, smuttober, spooky smuttober, spooky, smut- spooky smuttober, spooky smuttober. And uh, what book will we be uh, christening the SS uh, spooky smuttober with? Uh, I am cracking the Halloween on the hull of this bad boy. I am so excited to tell you this story. The Halloween by Emmeline Quill is it's a vampire romance. It's a fat girl romance. Two of my favorite things. Listening. And uh, you know, we are all about fat girls getting railed around here. Hell um, yeah. So I've been really looking forward to this. Emmeline, I found her. She was one of the first authors I started following on TikTok. When I got on TikTok to start looking for books for this show and to start joining the Book Talk community, I've been following her and, and loving her ever since. And I'm so excited to share this book with you today. It's ooh, And it was really, really good. Yeah, she has not stopped talking about this. No, seriously, this book is like, it's like a sleeper. It's a dark horse. I figured a lot more people will be talking about it because as I was reading it, I was like, this is this is damn good stuff. Well, let's hope that uh, we can give uh, Emmeline the old cheap smut bump. Oh, yes. God, please go listen, buy, read, whatever. I don't know if she has an audiobook. I know she was looking for audiobook actors at one point or narrators. But um, Oh. Yeah. Well. Oh, I fully was in her DMs like uh, I went to acting school. And I own a microphone. I could do this for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're talking to not just two actors, but two trained actors. Yes. With, we have been told, lovely voices. So but we've anyway. been told. But anyway, continue. <laughs> get it, let's, okay. let's get into this book. Yes. Let's so, stop talking about ourselves. <laughs> the Halloween by Emmeline Quill is uh, available for $4.99 or through Kindle Unlimited. It is 314 pages, and it is the first book in her Quaker's Wharf series. I love it. Yes. Our trigger warnings and tags for this week are vampirism, blood, intentional bloodletting as magic, but, you know, but so still intentional blood. bloodletting, yeah. uh, stalking and violence, divorce and ex-drama, oh boy. <laughs> mentions of mental illness and its effects, and a fat woman who loves her body. So if you're not down with that, first of all, get out of here. And second of all, don't read this book. I was going to say, if you're not if you're not okay with that, how did you even get here? Yeah. How did you show up in this place? This is a right. body positive space. The podcast hosted by a fat girl. So. Yeah. And her very fit, hunky husband. Yeah. Yeah. Who happens to be into fat girls. Yeah. Specifically you. Oh, I think so, baby. But uh, yeah, man. But other fat girls, too. Just by like looking at them, you're like, ooh. I've, yeah. seen, I've seen you do it. I know you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I look and I go, ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it's like being queer. It's fun because yeah, you just both get to look at hot people together. Exactly. Okay, so 
starting off with our basic explanations of a couple of things. So Quaker's Wharf is the setting for this book. It's a small town, 15 minutes outside of Salem. It has a lot of the same history as Salem. The witch trials stuff is all sort of encompassed in that. But it has the benefit of being a supernatural small town. One of my favorite tropes. And I haven't read a supernatural small town book in a long time. So I was really excited to read this one. But it's, I mean, it's like, it's got all the joy of going to a place like Stars Hollow, which Mm -hmm. is where Gilmore Girls is set. But there are vampires and a Sasquatch at some point, because her second book, which comes out soon, is called Smash Squatch. Such a good name. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And uh, which is- Oh, Sasquatch going good. His dick wet. Oh, yikes. It was the Kyle Kinane bit. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Shout out Kyle Kinane. Hi, Kyle. Anyway. I don't know you, but I think you're funny. So yeah, there's vampires and witches and Sasquatches and uh, name a mythical creature. They mostly exist. The uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon, his name is Francis. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy, apparently. Yeah. So there is this is because this is a vampire book. We're also going to go over some of the basic vampire lore that Emmeline has written because everybody does have a different a little bit different, you know, tweak to the vampire lore. So Emmeline's vampires can walk in the sun and sleep whenever they want. They are ageless, immortal, strong, fast, etc. blah, 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 all that stuff. They drink a combination of blood, or they, I guess, feed on a combination of blood and spirit energy or emotions to sustain themselves. So he's also an emotional vampire. Oh, like uh, like the guy from What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, but not like that guy. <laughs> because he's not deeply annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, God, but uh, the actor who plays him, uh, Mark... Porkoff, I think. Yeah, he's oh, great. he's funny. Anyway, that show is so funny. Anyway, so um, if they don't maintain the balance of energy inside of themselves, they become one of the undead, and that's a more traditional Dracula-like monster vampire. Mm. The undead are slowly turning to dust because their energies aren't properly balanced. They are considered sick and incredibly dangerous without proper care by a coven of other undead to keep them from going on a murder spree. So like vampire chakras aren't aren't aligned. Yeah. So there's a lot of talk in this book about the balance, Mm. um, which is sort of a mystical, woo-woo-y, magical, sort of undefined element. But if the balance is not kept properly in a vampire if they go on like a bloodbender or steal (laughs) too much or take too much energy or not enough Mm. energy they will turn into an undead and then they will lose all morality and become a mindless blood-sucking fiend see and you make fun of me for having a food scale that's what i'm doing oh maintaining the balance (laughs) (laughs) Uh, here i was thinking that you just weighed out magic spoon because that's a thing you do it is a thing i do you weigh out your low carb cereal i do but that's (laughs) just that really isn't so much like man i don't want to eat too much of this but i don't want to eat too much of it because it's 10 bucks a box yes it really is and i I should weigh it out more but i haven't been (laughs) no you haven't (laughs) it's supposed to be four servings to a box and you usually get two i get two (laughs) (laughs) a five dollar bowl of cereal Mm, she says it's really good though (laughs) Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. Not I a sponsor. Am. Not a sponsor. But if you want to be, chiefsmutpod at gmail.com. Um, so our FMC this week, her name is Annabelle. She usually goes by Bells, though. So I'll All just right. be calling her Bells for the rest of the book. Uh, she is 29. She is fat. Uh, she is a size 22 
which I, I am currently hovering between a size 16 mm-hmm. and an 18. Yep. But after our second child was born, I was about a size 22. So you can yep. kind of get Thank an idea you. of the body that we're working with here, except that she has big old titties. I don't have big old titties. Um, so she is the definition of like lush, curvy lady. Zaftig. Yeah. And she has purple hair. And um, she's this gorgeous alt goth goddess of a woman. She owns a successful online retail space for size inclusive alternative and goth fashion called Holoqueen. Okay. She is the Holoqueen. She started this business as a one woman show and now it is a successful online retail operation. And she has built it all herself from nothing. I'm very proud of her. She's she's she did it. She's done good. She does all of her own advertising on social media. She has built her brand on social media and her advertising is mostly thirst trapping in the outfits that they sell. Obviously. Um, which go, she, she does very well thirst trapping. She goes viral a lot. So fuck yeah, hot fat women shaking it on the internet. I'm here for it. I'm yeah. here for uh, it. And, and you can't go viral with a very niche market. Yeah. You have to be crossing over Big time, which is something that I've said to you many, many times, and that is you would not believe the number of times dudes have confided in me that they wish they could just be open about their attraction to girls that are bigger than like a size four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you've they're out, that a lot. Yeah, they're out there clicking like. Yeah. And, you know, and, and feeling shame about it. Don't. Yeah. Don't feel shame. Why, why would you possibly feel shame? About wanting a woman who is big and soft and warm and smushy. Come yeah, on now. Because then they would have to be subject to ridicule by their boys, all of whom it's just a clusterfuck of them pretending that they're not all attracted to the, the chubby girl. <laughs> what a sad life that must be. And I wouldn't fucking know. Okay, so back to Emmeline, our our wonderful Halloween. Um, so this year is a big year for her. It is the largest release of fall selections in uh, ever on her website. She's calling it Fat Girl Fall. I'm gonna stop you right there because you did just call Bell's Emmeline, but you also oh, did fuck. call it, but you called Emmeline the Halloween, and I think that's nice. Oh, Emmeline is the Halloween. She is. She, she is. really is. The whole time I read this book, I was picturing Emmeline. <laughs> With purple hair, because she's go. pretty, so I think she's I think she's Bell's. There you go. Why not? Um, fall selection. So yeah, so, fall collection. Uh, Bell's is setting up for the largest fall drop ever for Fat Girl Fall, uh, but she has just moved into a new office space after moving home to Quaker's Wharf. Uh, after living in Chicago for a few years. She's back in Quaker's Wharf to help take care of her moms because her moms are getting older and they just need a little more help now. They're in their 70s, so they must have had her a little older. She's a a test tube baby. They even talk about it in the book. She's a test tube baby. So a lot of the decor that she uses in the promo photos that she does for her website has been broken in the move. So at the start of the book, she is heading into the local Halloween pop-up, which is in a defunct department store, because of course it is. Spirit Halloween will just show up (laughs) in any space. I actually saw a really funny meme the other day that was like, I can't wait to see what happens when Spirit Halloween moves into Trump Tower. (laughs) Because they'll they'll move in quick. They are like piranhas, man. They sense blood in the water, and they go. When we left the apartment in Philadelphia, that there was already a sign oh, in yeah. the window by the time I was packed, like locking up the U-Haul. Hol- yep. In Halloween's, my apartment, Halloween City coming. <laughs> like, this seems uh, weird. 
So she's headed to this Halloween store to buy replacements for her decor and flirt with the kind of creepy owner, Andrew, in hopes of getting like discounted product and like, okay, <laughs> call me for end of year clearance kind of thing. Yeah. She, she goes into the Halloween store and she finds not Andrew. She finds the new owner, Tomas. 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 He is not the creepy owner she was expecting. He is a really hot man. Tomas has bought this Halloween store after a fallout with his former partners, Monique and Yusuf, with whom he used to own a haunted tours business in Boston. They would do like ghost walks. Tomas is now rebuilding his life because Monique and Yusuf were his business partners and also his spouses, and they just up and left him. (laughs) They just disappeared one morning Didn't after 230 or... years of marriage. He just woke up to an empty bed. <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I'm laughing because the idea of somebody waking up and their spouse not being there is sad. I know. The idea of a vampire waking up and their spouse of 230 years <laughs> just fucking off. I know, right? That's funny. <laughs> I'm glad you think it's funny. I just think it's sad. He's so sad. He was so sad at the start of this book. Oh, poor Tomas. I just the, the idea. I've. It's just an idea that I've never experienced, and oh, that is yeah. vampires being together and then divorcing. Yeah, vampires. They're just like us. <laughs> they experience marital abandonment too. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> I only said that because I knew it would make Carl laugh. <laughs> okay, so as we have inferred by the 230 years of marriage, Tomas is a vampire. He is centuries old. He is French. He speaks with a French accent. He is suave and very good looking, which he kind of hates because it gets him a lot of attention and he doesn't want the attention because he's still like very angry about having been in a big breakup. Yeah, I Um, hate that too. Yeah, right? You just don't want all that attention from being so handsome. All the constant attention that I don't get. (laughs) He is a mostly non-violent vampire. He prefers to drink blood from and he hasn't fed from a human in over 50 years. The last time he did try to eat from a human, he got like a mouthful of perfume from their oh. from her neck and he was like never again. Gross. I agree. Perfume tastes awful. Um he gets his spiritual energy from minor touches during transactions at the store or from his teenaged employees. Like he just sort of like touches their arm and gets a little bit of that all those teenage hormones <laughs> and just gets them through. <laughs> he is grumpy. He's a very grumpy man at the beginning of this book. He doesn't like working with the public. He doesn't like that he has to be customer facing in this store. He doesn't like that he is reduced to working in a Halloween pop-up after losing a successful business. All of that changes the moment Bells walks through the door. I and he sees this fucking fat, hot goddess of a woman. And he's like, it was all worth it. <laughs> 230 years of, of marriage <laughs> down the drain. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's suddenly okay with being single. I love the idea that he is too. He's been he's been a vampire for two hundred and thirty at least. He's been a vampire for closer to five hundred. Okay, years. still has a fucking accent. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like a choice <laughs> at this point. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a choice. Yeah. He's been in the new world since before the French Revolution. Yeah. So, actually, since the French Revolution, because they got the fuck out of Dodge uh, during the French Revolution. Yeah, I, su- I mean, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I was an immortal and I moved to England if I would start speaking with a, with a British, British accent? accent. I would, because I mimic people's accents all the time. Yeah. It's a problem. People think I'm mocking them. I'm not. I just, I can't help it. Anyway, um, so they have this absolutely adorable flirt while she shops for decorative skulls uh, at the <laughs> end. Uh, yeah, man. I, I wish them. I had a nice selection of decorative skulls to shop for, too. He had a really wide selection of decorative skulls. I have a lot of decorative creepy pieces, but not enough. Never enough. There can always be more. There can always be more. Speaking of, I have a skull painting around here. There it is. Yeah. Beautiful right skull painting. Okay. At the end of the transaction, he gets her number, and she walks out thinking about how long it has been since she got laid. So she's also very interested <laughs> in this man. Uh Oh, this woman's on sale. Oh, you know what? I could get laid. Yeah. Oh, this was Bogo. Great. I haven't caught a rail in so long. She's like, am I horny because of the Bogo? (laughs) A good sale will get me revved up too. I get it. I get it, Bells. No. um, So she's like, she's like tallying it off. She's like, the last woman I was with was this. And the last man I was with was, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Uh, But she is now back in the small town where she grew up and she doesn't want to fuck where she eats. Like she doesn't think that's a good idea. So she's just keeping it to herself back at her office. Uh, her friend employee, as I've written here, um, Shannon, who is the FMC from smash squatch <laughs> convinces Annabelle to go out with her tonight to a downtown club. They can wear pieces from the ball collection as advertisement and bells can help Shannon vet the new guy that she's seeing at the same time win-win that night Tomas is lounging on the air mattress he sleeps on in the back of the store because he doesn't have a place to live this poor man he lost everything Jesus she took the coffin yeah (laughs) It's, it's a whole thing but anyway uh, he's thinking about uh, he's thinking about bells. So he Google's her and he finds the Holoqueen social media and uh, he finds a video where they say that they're going to be at this one specific bar. And if you show up, then you can like get a pre-sale code or whatever. But now he knows where she's going to be. He can't not go and see if he can accidentally run into her. Yeah. Quote unquote. At the bar. Shannon and Bells are enjoying themselves. They're dancing. They're taking free drinks from all the Ivy League dudes who want big titty goth girlfriends. So hell yeah. Take advantage um smartest thing you've done since you got to school boys <laughs> right seek out a big titty goth girl yeah tomas arrives at the bar he tells bells that he's there to pass out flyers for the store he's not here for her he's here to do it he's here working but since he's here <laughs> he, he shows up empty-handed to hand out flyers <laughs> that's what i would do yeah right <laughs> oh i handed them all out and i'm here to celebrate yeah <laughs> Hooray, I handed out all my flyers. Um, Shannon's date then arrives. He is late, but he did show up, so good for him. And it is a guy that Bells used to hook up with pretty regularly named Trey that she knew in high school. Uh, Bells knows that if Shannon finds out that Trey that she and Trey used to sleep together, that Shannon will bail. So she decides to introduce Tomas as her like casual guy that she's been seeing mm-hmm. so that she can take some of the heat. And then, like, move it over here. Yeah. Tomas 
takes her to dance and eventually they head over to the bar and have a drink and then bells asks for a kiss to complete the ruse and what he's gonna say no to that absolutely not so they kiss and it is fireworks major fireworks and they kiss and they kiss and they just keep on kissing until eventually like shannon walks over and is like excuse me (laughs) we're supposed to be here about my guy yeah uh you've been like have take a breath I need to pee. Come to the bathroom with me. Um, so she takes Bells to the bathroom to double check and make sure that she's like in her right mind and that she's making good choices. Shannon is also a mother of two children. So she has big mom energy, oh, okay. big mom energy. Eventually Bells convinces Shannon that she's fine and that she should go with Trey and have a good time. And then she and Tomas go on a walk down by the water because they are in a like New England coastal town. So there's water. A wharf, if you will. Yep. Tomas talks about his previous partners and his travels around France and how he came to America. He does, he fudges some stuff because he has not yet told her that he is a vampire, but he wants to. And he figures eventually he's going to have to. Yeah, you Um, can't really bury that lead. Yeah. He finds her aura, her spiritual energy to be incredible, like better than anything he's ever experienced before. He holds her hand and he is really interested to find that taking energy, like he takes an amount of energy from her that should like floor a person, knock them out, not kill them, but like. Yeah. um, And (laughs) it doesn't even phase her. Yeah. He's just like, what the fuck? I should this. She should be on the ground right now. He just keeps taking it, trying to see like what her limits are, basically. Mm-hmm. And she just doesn't. She just doesn't pass out. Okay. Uh, she invites him back to her house for Netflix and chill. Like she's. You, do you want to go back to my house and watch a movie? We know what that is. That's mm-hmm. code. That's code. She wants to fuck this man. So they cuddle in the rideshare on the way back to her row house, which is so cute. Back at her house, she goes to pour some wine and then she almost has like an, she has a panic attack. And Tomas hugs her, calms her down, tries to get her to explain. And she basically says that um, this close to a launch, she's so anxious and she's basically like held up by that anxiety. So when she gets home, she collapses. And so maybe this isn't a good time. Maybe we should do this another night. But he's like, no, he pours her the wine. He puts her down on the couch. They watch Chopped. He loves watching cooking shows. He's like a huge thing for cooking See, shows. Vampires yeah, are just, just like us. us. He feeds on her anxiety to help calm her down and relieve her a little bit. They chat, they cuddle, but eventually she wants another kiss and he doesn't. Who says no to that? <laughs> You're a little anxious. I'm I'm sorry, incredibly hot woman I'm sitting on the couch with. You yeah. seem a little keyed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, you count to 10 before I come in for a kiss. Yeah. Count count backwards from 10. <laughs> Deep breaths. Hug yourself. Yep. Hug yourself. Five things you can see, four things you can hear. <laughs> um, while they are kissing, Tomas is sort of mentally calculating. Like usually when he feeds on anxiety, he feels a little bit, he feels a little bit anxious and the source feels very peaceful. But no, Bells is not peaceful. She is now horny. <laughs> you take the anxiety out and you are left with horny in Bells' case. They get wild. The makeout is insane. She climbs into his lap. She's she's grinding on him like she wants to crush his pelvis. Yes. And then she just passes out. They finally, He finally found the threshold. He took too much energy. Oops. 
Uh oh. <laughs> oh well. Um, so he spends a few minutes holding her while she sleeps before being mad at himself for cock blocking himself. Oh yeah, he is like I just cock blocked my do- my own damn self. <laughs> wow. Wow, Tomas. Wow. He picks her up, puts her on the sofa with her big black cat named Tim. Fuck yeah, Tim. A cat named Tim. I love it. And then he runs back home, but he's still buzzing from all of the energy that he has from feeding off of her. So he decides that he needs to burn it off. And his favorite way to burn off energy is to turn into a raven. <laughs> because Emmeline's vampires can turn into birds. And I love that. <laughs> I mean, I love ravens. You know, I yes, love I ravens. I love corvids of all kinds. But. So he can turn into a big ass raven and he flies around until he gets all of that energy out of his system, which I think is so funny. So yeah, all vampires can transform into some kind of winged animal, but the undead can only turn into tiny little bats. Okay. So only the undead turn into bats. While he flies, he's contemplating everything that he's been through. His husband and wife are gone. Uh, He went to the coalition in Paris, which is like a, it's like a UN, but for others monsters are called others in this world and they have confirmed that monique and yusuf are alive because they're still paying their dues but they won't tell him where they are because they don't seem to be in any danger so he got a he got like a magical divorce (laughs) while he was there he had his bonds severed yeah collected what is basically vampire alimony and uh started a new life came back to boston came to quaker's wharf because it is a town of others so he felt he could blend in there and started that started his new life and he doesn't think that that monique and yusuf are ever coming back And now he is terrified of becoming undead because he thought that his relationship with them was part of what kept him in balance. And he's worried about turning into an undead Mm. without that balance. Were were they human? No. Well, yes. Well, you said 230 years. So why did he think that they had anything to do with it? Uh, He thought that their relationship was was stability. For him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I realized as soon as I as soon as I said that out loud, I was like, no, they were together for two hundred and thirty years. Of course, they're not yeah. human. But then, why did he think that? Okay. Yeah, because right. he thought he thought that the stability that their relationship provided was part of what kept him balanced. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, having met Bells, he is worried that being with her and the energy that he can get from her will also throw him off balance somehow. But even knowing all of that, he doesn't want to be done with her. He's sure that he's going to keep it up. He, he likes her too much to stop. The next morning, Bells wakes up. Her phone is dead. She feels hungover, and she has memory gaps, which terrifies her. She's understandably very upset um, because she can't remember how she got home. She can't remember what happened. So she gears up. She goes, and she confronts Tomas at work. He takes her into the back room of the store. She starts screaming at him, like, what did you do to me? What did you give me? God damn, I am a business owner. <laughs> You can't just start screaming like I roofied you. Yeah. Um, um, but she does assume that he gave her something and that's why she can't remember anything. She's like, I have a sample of my pee in the car and I'm taking it to the cops. It, this is your one chance to tell me what you did to me. And he. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. Yeah. And he eventually convinces her to like be quiet and talk to him instead of just making accusations so he can explain everything. He holds her hand and takes her fear and anxiety right out of her body and she freaks the fuck out. And he explains to her that he is a vampire, that he feeds on blood and energy and her emotions, particularly her anxiety, are so intense 
He's never experienced anything like her before. And the reason why she feels that way is because when they were making out, they exchanged too much energy and that's why she passed out. He says he will tell her everything else later, but right now he is actually at work Yeah, and you have to leave. Um, but if I were Bells, I... I would take that P right to the cops because that is the most bullshit. Right. <laughs> I didn't roofie you. I am a vampire yes. who in, and in I a, stole your emotions. In, a, in addition to consuming blood. Yep. I also consume fifis. Uh, fifis. <laughs> I took your bad fifis. Yep. Through your fingertips. Yep. Through your fingies. Yep. I took your fifis through your fingies. And then you went. And then you went baddie bye. You went baddie bye. <laughs> What are yeah. you doing? No, don't don't call nine one one. Yeah, if if he hadn't uh, like demonstrated it to her, I'm sure she would have been like, yeah, yeah. okay, crazy. Right. But she so she goes back to the car. She has a bit of a freak out. There's a lot of like Twilight referencing. Like I am not, I am not a Bella. I am not gonna fall in love with a 110 year old gross dude, <laughs> problematic man. Edward Cullen was a problematic man. Don't get me started. I love Twilight so much. Anyway, she goes back to the office after that and spends the day making content backlogs. Um, so she's makes she makes a bunch of like get readies with me, get ready with me's and like a day in the life and a lot of thirst traps. And then she goes home to take a shower and take a nap before Tomas comes to her house to continue this conversation. He's promised that he's going to make her dinner. So hell yeah. Um, when she wakes up, she finds Tomas in her bedroom waiting for her to wake up. <laughs> Red flag. Ooh, and uh, he has let himself in, cleaned her kitchen, and prepared her dinner while she's been asleep. Less of a red yeah, flag. Yeah, you clean my kitchen? You can stay. You made yeah. me a meal? You can stay. Yeah. Um, how did he let himself in? Because she definitely locked the door. Well, the thing is, she invited him in, and he's a vampire. So now he can get in whenever he wants. <laughs> that's That's not so great. That's not so great. I don't like that. I don't like the idea that you could just... Show up yep. and locks can't keep you out. And that is why I ask every person before they come into our house if they're a vampire. Are you a vampire? You have to tell me. You legally, legally have to tell you have me. Legally you have to tell me. Exactly. <laughs> no, I will talk to you about your Lord and Savior Dracula on the porch. Thank you. Exactly. Um, so they talk while she eats a chicken marsala that he has made. And it sounds delicious, but he can't have any of it. Which is really sad because he's a vampire and he can't taste things anymore. Aww. I can't. Again, we talked about this in um, Nice Girls Don't Have Fangs. If I can't eat, I say this as a fat girl and I am not ashamed of it. If I can't eat, put me down. <laughs> Just take me out. She's not kidding, guys. Take my head off. Stake me through the heart. Whatever it takes. If I can't eat, what's the point? I love eating. I watched you consume a peanut butter and jelly sandwich made with Eggos instead of bread the other day. Yep, I did. And, and it was I, delicious. And I fucking respected that also. <laughs> peanut butter and jellies are great, but they're way better if you put them on some kind of alternative bread. Waffles, toast, fucking cake. I don't care. They're really good. <laughs> I, I, I was working, yeah. but inside I was slow clapping for you. Oh, thanks. So- while she's eating, Bells asks a lot of questions and gets a lot of answers. Tomas is very, she calls him Tommy for most of the rest of the book. So I'm going to go with Tommy. Uh, Tommy is very forthcoming. He 
doesn't hide things from her. Uh, now that he's told her the big lie, it doesn't matter anymore. So he tells her he does eat blood, but not from living people. He only eats bagged blood. He collects emotional energy from the teens he employs at the Halloween store. He won't kill her. And he can't manipulate her emotions. (laughs) I feel like you should have led with those two. I won't kill you, and I can't manipulate your emotions. Yeah, Yeah, but that's not the order she asked the questions in. So, all right. Yeah. So the her her main concerns were: Are you going to kill me? And can you manipulate me via this emotional blah blah blah? No, he can't. It's fine. Um, so then Belle starts arguing with him. She says that he shouldn't be feeding off of the employees and patrons without their consent. There's a lot of conversation about consent in this book, which I very much appreciate. And Tommy argues that telling a lion to ask consent for a gazelle, from a gazelle to eat it would be silly. So why would he have to ask his food before he eats it? (laughs) And also he's a vampire. It's not like he can tell people. He has to keep his identity a secret. He can't like be like, can I please shake your hand so I can take some emotions from you, random stranger? (laughs) But she, no, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like that he takes without permission. So she hits him with a proposition. She says he can feed exclusively off her anxiety until the launch happens to help her keep her anxiety in control. And he can finish the Halloween season strong at the store with a willing donor or willing source of emotional energy. He counters with several alternatives to that. Um, She's like, okay. And then in in November, we'll just go our separate ways. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, okay. So, um, so he offers things like a vampire marriage, which is called hand feasting. It's a very important ceremony that involves blood exchange and vows, and it's very important and magical and stuff. Um, But that would make her his untouchable, meaning that no other creature would ever try to feed on her at all. He offers a financial, he'll take a financial stake in her company in exchange for all of this if she doesn't want to do the hand feasting thing, or like a deadly non-disclosure agreement would have to be signed so that she can never (laughs) tell anyone it, that he's a vampire or she'll die. They kind of leave this, arg- this uh, it's not an argument, it's a negotiation. They kind of leave it open-ended. They want to fuck. And they both know they want to fuck and they're gonna. And in November, they'll sort of just decide how to settle accounts. They're gonna do yeah. this, but they haven't made final like contracts about it. Now, before we move on, he's talking about feeding on different emotions and blood. Is this sort of like, like the difference between like, protein and carbs and fat like do different emotions have different nutritional values or <laughs> yeah, they don't he, they don't get that deep into it it's not okay. like there's not like a macro breakdown of like the difference between anxiety and guilt yeah i wasn't sure like yeah like oh god you know i've been snacking on guilt and anxiety all day but <laughs> what i really need you yeah. know is is blood yeah all right, I was just curious. <laughs> no, um, he just needs some combination of spiritual energy and physical energy, which he gets from blood. Gotcha. The next tre- three chapters in this book are sex. Here we go. Yes, <laughs> and whoo, man, it is fantastic. Okay, so I wrote this in my notes. I don't normally editorialize on this show. I don't review books. All no. of my reviews are the same. 10 out of 10, go buy it. It's not on the show if I didn't like it. But Emmeline has such a fantastic voice. And her writing is very lyrical and stylized in a way that I really appreciated. And it elevates the sex in a way that makes it extra good. 
extra good. Oh, man. All of this was so good. And she utilizes Tomas's... Um, Iambic pentameter. <laughs> no, I... I just no. <laughs> um, so she utili- utilizes the emotional magic stuff to really great effect. Okay. So he can also push his emotions into her. Yeah. So... What he does is he like he adds his lust and passion and all of the pleasure that he's feeling into her to elevate her pleasure even more. It's what I like to call no fair. That's magic sex. Like, cause you can't. Yeah. That's not something a human could do. You know. I would just make you want to go to more Tigers games. <laughs> yeah, you probably would. You would, or you would like make me want to. I don't know go to the gym not go to the gym because you want me to be skinny but like you just want me to go to the gym with you because you want gym partner yeah that's it and i don't I, like gyms i don't give a sh- i don't give a shit what you look like yeah pick that up <laughs> put it down why do it again why it's fun <laughs> strong that's why <laughs> i just spit, pick up strong thing i just pick up heavy thing be spit, strong spit in god's eye by picking that up <laughs> I should be dead. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to lift things that are larger than me over your head. And yet you can. Here we are. So all of this sex is incredibly intense. So Tomas eats it from the back. Whoa. Woo. Uh, (laughs) Whoa. You got to be. That is threading a needle. Yeah. (laughs) That is. Oh, he doesn't thread the needle. He just Just freaking wide paintbrush top to bottom. (laughs) He is in it. He is there for it. Buries his face in her butt. (laughs) so into it and bells is a squirter so good for you because get get a second set of sheets put a towel down i don't know something yeah you always you want to have a, a second set of sheets you need that maybe a like a mattress pad mattress yeah cover yeah something a waterproof mattress cover you know uh treat it like a gallagher concert man. You know, we're, a, we're a poncho, a poncho? smash yeah. a watermelon <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah. for distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that 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 is one that they didn't put in the sex criminals uh in, in in the the hieroglyphics. They did the brimping, but they didn't do the Gallagher. Or maybe they did do the Gallagher. I think they might have. I think they did the Gallagher. Oh man. <laughs> Good job, Matt and Chip. Anyway. It was Carl yeah, Carl digressed into comic book territory. Um Okay, so he is a vampire. He has vampire strength and can carry her and flip her around like she is nothing, like a feather. Jealous. The first time, I know, right? It's a secret fantasy of mine. It's not because you're not strong enough. It's because I weigh 260 pounds and I'm a large human. Yeah. I, I'm not easy to pick up and move around. Uh, but a supernatural creature, you can just like one hand, just right. pick her up. The first time he picks her up off the ground, she freaks out. Because she's I mean, fat girls. We don't get we don't get picked up. I pick you up. Well, you just, do. I, but I like, pick, but like literally just but like you, you jump up and wrap yeah. your legs and I can walk around. I yeah. can carry you. And even that is unsettling for you. Yes, it is. Because fat girls don't get picked up. Yeah. I've been fat for most of my life. We don't get picked up. So when it happens to her, she's like, put me down, put me down. And I totally understand why. After her first orgasm, she asks him to fuck her like he's going to say no. Um, he goes from behind for a little while until she comes again and then he flips her on her back and he asks her to come two more times and he gets her there whoa holy damn god (laughs) wow and uh when she comes the last time he finally comes too after they go down uh or after they come down from the incredible high of all of this uh there is pillow talk they talk about tommy's past um they talk about the fact that he doesn't remember his human life because it was too long ago 500 years you just lose your memories yeah. Uh, after a while, she asks about his previous partners, 
he tells her about how they were together since before the French Revolution and how much it hurt when they left him and all that stuff. She is the first person that he has been with since they split up. And also, this is the best sex he's ever had in 500 years. It's the best sex he has ever had. And it is for her too, but I mean, she's only been doing it for 10 years and she's a human. I was so I was going to say a smaller data pool. If I fucked a vampire and they said I've been a vampire for 500 years and that is the best sex that I've had in my 500 vampire years. You best believe that's going on my LinkedIn. It's going in my like my Twitter bio, my Facebook bio. I'm it's go- buying I'm, a plaque. It's going on my business card. <laughs> I'm buying a plaque. Yep. It's my outbound voicemail. <laughs> Hello, you've reached Carl Mizell, the best lay a 500-year-old vampire ever had. <laughs> Sorry I'm not available to take your call. I'm boning a 500-year-old vampire. Yep. Uh, really well. Really well, apparently. The next, they fall asleep together the next morning. Um, for a few pages, Tomas just stares at Bells while she's sleeping. And he admires her. He's thinking about her. He thinks she's so beautiful. It's adorable. It's so cute. I do that to you every day. Oh my God, that's so cute. I told you that before. I, every day? Yeah. You just stare at me? Well, it depends on what position you're in. Oh. I mean, like if you're on your side, I'm obviously going to sidle up alongside you. Uh, but if you're like on your back or facing me, yeah. You, you just stare at me? Yeah, I do. I, I, I've told you this many, many times. I, but I just, I, just, I just didn't think it was every day. I figured most days you just sort of like got up no. or looked at your phone or something. Well, I mean, I, I do. It's very look, flattering to know you look at me. I look at my phone for a second, mm-hmm. but then I stare at you for a little bit, and then I'm like, oh, fuck, I should get up and have some time before the kids wake up, and then I hear the the girl child on the monitor. I'm like, fuck, I've been staring at my wife for too long. <laughs> now I have to go deal with the consequences of my actions. <laughs> consequences of loving your wife so much <laughs> exactly she was like honey i want another baby and you were like anything for you <laughs> so the bells wakes up they're all snuggly and cute and adorable and then boom her anxiety kicks in the to-do lists start coming and yeah. it's sunday oh boy she's thinking about all the things she's supposed to be doing and tomas can't have that so he decides that he's gonna horny it out of her and uh, eventually we get to what I have put in my notes is the face-sitting scene. Because once again, he is a vampire. He does not need to breathe. <laughs> he hasn't had to breathe in 500 years. She, as confident as she is, she's confident that if she sat on him, she would crush his skull. Yeah. And he's like, no, because I'm unkillable. And uh, <laughs> See, here's the thing. Yeah. He tells her that if she doesn't like it, they can stop and she can go to work. But if she does like it, she has to stay home with him all day. And I'm going to wear you like a feed bag. (laughs) That's actually gross. Don't say that. (laughs) Don't say it like that, please. Listener, what I do is I, I workshop I workshop dirty things to say to my wife on the show. <laughs> and then I, I, I just kind of tuck them away. Or in this case, she's just like, don't. Don't. Never. <laughs> don't compare me yeah. to a feed bag and you to a horse. Yeah. Okay. So the thing is, the thing is. <laughs> The visual image implies you have your face inside of me. <laughs> not so much inside. And that's not okay. <laughs> that's how a feedback works. <laughs> okay, we're going back to the story now. Um, 
So because he is 500 years old and uh, and a vampire and doesn't need to breathe, he just pulls her down. Like she's doing the hover thing, yeah. and he just grabs her thighs and just plops her down. And Come she here. comes so hard and so fast that she collapses. So she really enjoyed herself, and that means that Tommy gets his day with her. Um, so he has ordered groceries to be delivered so that he can make her three five-star meals today. He can't eat. He hasn't eaten in 500 years, but he watches cooking shows, and all he wants to do is make food. So he's so happy to have a person to make food for. He's so sweet, I but know. so extra. I know. He's French. Yeah. <laughs> so he makes her crepes. They banter. They talk. Mostly, again, they talk about Monique and Yusuf and their sudden departure. A lot of this, a lot of the conversation throughout this book is about Tomas's past and Belle's reservations about being with a man who was married for 230 years and just broke up last year. You know? <laughs> um, Are you sure you're over it, Tommy? Yeah. Well, he says that he is. He says he wouldn't take them back, that he dissolved their marriage because they abandoned him. Yeah. So... Why would he want them back? Like if they come back, he would want to talk to them and figure out what happened. But he doesn't. No. He doesn't ever want to go back to them. They they spend the next few days in like domestic bliss. She goes to work and comes home and he's there to make her life easier. He cooks her dinner. He feeds her cat. You know, he keeps the, the house clean. He just wants to make her life a little bit easier. Yeah. He's a simp. He's simping so hard and I'm here for it. And also there's just like a, a ton of fucking. They're, they're, they're fucking constantly. <laughs> On Thursday, while she's at work, Bells gets a text from Tommy about dinner and what time she will be, quote, home. And that kind of freaks her out because she has commitment issues. And, like, <laughs> Bells has her own set of problems that she needs to work through. Um, she's She has this whole thing about being independent and not needing Tommy for anything. She's scared of how fast this is all moving. She talks to Shannon about it. And Shannon tells her to come to dinner tonight with her and Trey. And then they can go out afterwards and she can see Tommy tomorrow. Yeah. Just have a break from him. So she texts. Come spend time with a different guy you've slept with. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not that Shannon knows that, no, but I, yeah, I know. So uh, Bell's texts Tommy and tells him uh, not to come over tonight, and she'll see him tomorrow. And then she gets all dolled up and she goes out for the evening. Uh, but Tommy is an obsessive man, so he follows her as a raven discreetly, um, just to keep an eye on her. He's good about it. He's just sitting in a tree watching her and thinking about how incredible she is. And then uh, he senses another other in the area and he smells Yusuf on the wind. So he's like, oh shit, they're back. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so he starts to fly around. He's trying to find the source of the smell. Bells sees the giant raven flying through downtown Quaker's Wharf, uh, which is not a place where ravens live. So she gets spooked and breaks off from her friends to go home. On her way back to her car, she runs into a handsome man who she can feel trying to like pull her emotions out of her. So she knows that he's other as well. This is Yusuf. She's run into him. He talks to her briefly, uh, but then she goes home. When she gets home, she finds that Tommy is in her house, even though he said she told him not to be there. And she's really pissed, uh, especially once she realizes that he followed her that he she confirms that he was the raven that she saw and he tells her that she, she ran into Yusuf he can smell Yusuf on her things get really weird she gets really defensive she has all these commitment issues he's being too possessive he starts to seduce her to try and like bring things back to center um, read the room right Tommy. saying that if she really wants him to leave she needs to say it to his face 
but she he's all he's gotten her all worked up now so she tells him that she wants him to make her come so he does and he eats her out in a way that i have described in my notes as brutal not like (laughs) violent but like he just went in like all in and she collapsed on the floor was he like headbutting it no it was just like it was so fast (laughs) and so i guess 500 years worth of practice has made him really really good at this when she has come down from her orgasm she asks him to kiss her expecting this to become the sex that she is used to having with him but instead he leaves and she's crushed and this is not good communication guys okay so this this is where we start the miscommunication trope one of my least favorite tropes of all time i will fight the miscommunication trope if you anthropomorphize it i will take it out and, and she's not a violent person. I'm not. But it will be just a knuckle sandwich delivered directly into the face of the miscommunication trope. But this is a good one. <laughs> this is actually... I was talking to Emmeline briefly on TikTok when um, she messaged me to be like, I hope you liked my book. And I loved it. <laughs> I was like, you made me okay with the miscommunication trope. You also made me okay with a third act breakup, which is what's happening right now. I... How dare you? How dare you be so good at your job that I'm cool with tropes I hate? How dare you? Listener, She's just that good. I, I sometimes wish that you could be a fly on the wall here at Smutco Industries <laughs> because all of this is true and it's so funny to see in real time because I, I, I don't know anything about the books, but I get little breadcrumbs. Yeah, little, all week as I'm reading. Little breadcrumbs all week as, I'm, as you're reading. I, I hear little laughs or something or like you're just really buried in the notes uh but this one you were very much just like this bitch (laughs) but in a fun way dare she in a good way how i'm so proud of you for making me okay with a third act breakup yeah (laughs) she would rather we break up Uh, no than have a third act breakup no actually (laughs) actually no but yes (laughs) But no. Uh, well, but um, also yes. Hyperbolically, yes. Hyperbolically, yes. Realistically, yeah. fuck no. Yeah, no. God, I don't want to go through the paperwork. I don't want to go through the therapy that I would have to go through. Anyway, after he leaves, Tomas goes for a walk to clear his head, but it's not enough, so he turns into a raven and he goes for a fly instead. Um, and he ends up on a beach where Yusuf finds him, uh, saying that they need to talk. And this is where Yusuf tells him that... Uh, he left because Monique left. They didn't leave at the same time. He realized that something was happening with her. And when she didn't come home one night, he left the next morning to go and find her. And he's been trying to track her down for the last year. He thinks that she is sick. He thinks that she's becoming an undead. And he's just been trying to find her. He sold their home. After he came back to find Tomas had left, he sold their home. Um, and then he felt the dissolution of their bond when he went to, when Tomas went to the coalition. Um, it's a very painful, magical process when that happens. So you feel it, <laughs> even if you're not there for it. Um, <laughs> oh, man. And now he is he's in Quaker's Wharf. He's still looking for Monique. He, ha- he has happened to find Tomas, but that's not why he's there. And so Tommy is incredibly angry. He doesn't want them back. It's been a year. Yusuf never even contacted him to be like, hey, our wife went missing. Right. I'm going to find her. He just left. Yeah. That's shitty behavior. Maybe send, I don't know, a raven. (laughs) 
Send a fucking text message. Yeah. It's 2023, <laughs> Yusuf. You have a cell phone. Um, so now that he thinks that Monique is in Quaker's Wharf, he wants Tomas to help find her and help solve, help fix the problem, which was Tomas's role in their relationship. He was always the fixer of mm, things. Okay. Um, and if they can't solve it, he's pretty sure that Monique is going to die. Uh, Tomas wants he doesn't want anything to do with killing her but if but if he thinks it's necessary he will do it the next night bells has survived her first day without tommy and she goes home to have takeout and drink cheap wine she's fully like sedated and belting power ballads and then somebody knocks on the door and she opens it and it's an incredibly beautiful woman it's monique she invites monique into her home to get tommy's phone number for her when she she learned nothing i know um, but she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't think that she's in any danger. She just thinks that her hookups ex-wife has come to her door looking for her ex-husband, you know, right. like it's, yeah. it's complicated. It's very complicated. When she leaves, she's like, oh, by the way, this was like a one-time only invitation, hoping that that's enough <laughs> to keep Monique out. <laughs> uh, Spoiler, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, vampires, uh, much like humans, again, they're just like us. They don't honor takesy-backsies either. Yeah. Nobody honors takes these backsies. So the weekend passes. Tommy stays radio silent, which makes Bells believe that he has gone back to his husband and wife. Um, with the launch approaching, she's super busy. She's stressed. She's hurt. Her feelings are very hurt. Um, Tommy texts her that he needs to see her, but she completely ignores him. Monday evening. Uh, Tommy wakes up to Yusuf and Monique in the store and Monique is obviously very sick. She's becoming an undead. So she's manic. She's screaming. She's making demands and accusations. She's pretending as if the last year never even happened. She's all over the place. And she is angry that Tommy is having an affair with Annabelle. (laughs) Having an affair, bitch. (laughs) You left. Yeah. She blames Bells for everything and leaves, saying that she will fix it this time. She will make things better. The men try to search for Monique, but they can't find her. They have a conversation about how how strongly Tommy's attachment is to Bells, even though they haven't been together very long. Yusuf asks if they have been hand-feasted. Tommy says no, but Yusuf says, well, you know, you can form a bond even without a hand-feasting if you are fated. So, oop! It's a Faded Mates book as well. We're working in some Faded Mates. You scared me there. I didn't know what you were doing. Oh, sorry. I just put oop in my notes. So I said, oop. <laughs> um, that same evening on the beach, Bells is reading a book about, oh, she's reading Gargoyle Smut. Hell yeah, Gargoyle Smut. Uh, when Monique finds her. There isn't really much talking. Monique attacks. Uh, she's angry. She's very violent. She breaks Bells' elbow. I know, right? Gets her to the ground and bites her, and Bells passes out from the pain. So the thing we need to know here now is that undead venom is incredibly, it kills everyone. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly deadly. It turns, it turns others into undead. It just kills people. So she has been bitten. She passes out from the pain, but she wakes up in a hospital room with her moms. Um, she's freaked out thinking that she's been bitten that she's going to turn undead. Um, She's putting her moms in very real danger. And they're like, calm down, sweetie. It's fine. We've got this. They start putting a poultice on her arm and explaining to her that the venom can't hurt her. It can't touch her because they're witches. (laughs) (laughs) What were the fucking odds? Right? Pretty high. Yeah. We're being honest. They're pretty high. 
I was waiting to see what kind of like immortal or magical creature she was and witches. So they are green witches, meaning so they're like hippy dippy, yeah. crunchy, organic, natural I, I was, witches. Yeah. What? I was I was going to say, yeah, no, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> two, two lesbians living outside Salem. I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of them teaches at like a, a university. She teaches, I, I think... Um, literature at a university so yep, yeah, there you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not surprised um, so they work with natural elements and protect and guide the others who live in and around Quaker's Wharf this is a duty that has been assigned to them by the coalition so they are coalition witches they know everything but they've been keeping it from Bells so that she could have a normal life yeah they were waiting for her powers to manifest they never really manifested in a way that was like perceivable so they were just letting her have her normal life but they called her home to start teaching her things before they got too old they tell bells that her elbow has been surgically repaired and she's gonna have to stay in the hospital until she's released but then when they get her home they'll be able to magically repair it and everything will be fine and then they tell her it's time to go to sleep and they push her morphine button bye bye (laughs) four days later Tomas is going absolutely nuts. He and Yusuf can't find Monique anywhere. He can't find Bells either. She hasn't been home and she hasn't answered her phone. He hasn't fed from anyone's emotions in a week because he promised Bells that he wouldn't. But he's getting weaker and weaker. And it, that's, and at this point, Yusuf convinces him to go and feed so he doesn't turn undead and make this entire operation pointless. Go get a vampire Snickers. Exactly. I mean, you're not you. Even though it would make even though it would make Bells mad. And he knows it would make Bells mad. He do- he goes and does it anyway. At the bar where he has gone to just, you know, skim some emotions off of the drunks, um, he runs into Shannon, who tells him that Bells was mugged and was in the hospital, but is now staying with her moms. She also tells him what apology plants he needs to buy her. <laughs> Not to buy her flowers, because she thinks flowers are dumb. You need to give her a living plant. When Yusuf hears Bells' mom's names, their names are Sybil and Deirdre Williams, he's like, the Sybil and Deirdre Williams? Because he knows who they are. Right. They're coalition witches, so he knows how to find them. So he takes... He's, they're in the directory. Yeah, exactly. They're in the coalition yellow pages or whatever. <laughs> Who's who of The big witches. book of others. <laughs> the BBO, the big book of others. And then he, t- he tells... So he tells Tommy that he knows that Bells' moms are witches, that means that Bells is a witch, which means that she is other, which means they are meant to be together, Tommy. You're meant to be together. You'll figure it out. (laughs) Which is very funny, considering that he is his ex-husband. His ex-husband is encouraging him to go and find a new wife. I know we spent 230 years together, but she... But she is your fated mate. She's your fated mate. Yeah. At her mom's house, Bells has been staying there, convalescing. She is fine. She is fine. They have magically fixed her, but they, she has to stay there so that everybody thinks she's still fucked up, basically. And she's been doing witch homework, trying to learn about green witchery, and she's sort of bored by the whole thing. She's still reeling from all of this anyway. It's not like you're in a good frame of mind to start studying. No. Like four days after you got attacked by a vampire and found out a lot of stuff about yourself <laughs> um, yeah but hit the books yeah and she's also incredibly pissed at tommy for leaving her just walking out so she's still real mad tommy knocks on the door bells tells him to come around back he's not coming through the house she's not giving him an invitation to come into this house um they have a fight that is just it's like it's just so real like it was so 
because their communication is sort of awful. Usually, in, like in a lot of romance books, you see a lot of proper emotional communication, mm-hmm. which is great. It's good to see an example of how like a good conversation should go. But this one was more real because they're terrible at it. They're both mad. They're they're throwing accusations and super defensive. They're making assumptions. They're saying all of the wrong things. It was a real fight and about relatively normal couple shit. You know, your ex is back in town and I don't you just left and I don't know. Like and, and so I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And oh, yeah, yeah. Now now it's OK because you said this and I said that. Like it's it's really good. It's a really good fight. Eventually, she tells Tommy to go. He leaves her saying that he will find Monique and he will prove to her that he loves her and that she is worth more to him than his past with Monique and Yusuf will ever be. So we are now fully in the third act breakup. Emmeline, how could you? How could you do this to me? The next chapter starts with Tomas having a sex dream about Bell sucking his cock and fingering his ass. It was like four pages. It was just a sex dream. But still. And it was great. He wakes up to Yusuf and he's very unhappy because he has been, he's spent the last week with his ex-husband trying to find his ex-wife. Everything sucks while for Tommy right now. Pining for his big titty goth girlfriend. Exactly. While pining for his big titty goth girlfriend. Right. But, but Yusuf needs help and Monique is dangerous and she has attacked Bells. So he is dedicated to finding her. He just, they just, they can't find her. So do they, do they not know that Monique attacked her? They do. Okay. They know that she attacked her. They just. Well, because Shannon said she'd been. Oh, so I guess that's what Shannon thinks. Right, yeah. It's okay. what everybody else thinks gotcha. that she got mugged. Got it. Um, so after a week of convalescing, Bells goes back to work. The fall launch went great. They sold out. She wasn't even there for it. She hired some like local college kids to help. And now she is facing down the reality of having to step back from the Holoqueens to start focusing on being a coalition green witch and she's not sure if she wants to do that shannon encourages her to reconcile with tommy because sometimes our happiness doesn't look like what we imagined it would be she's like look at me i'm divorced with two small children i thought i was gonna spend the rest of my life with him and now i'm fighting with him about who has to buy the kids socks you know (laughs) sometimes our happiness just isn't what we thought it was going to be that night a thunderstorm rolls in for ambiance. And uh, I put Emmeline in my notes again. God damn. I really did picture her this whole book. So Bells goes back to her own home, but she is afraid to walk from the car to the house by herself because she has street parking and she had to park kind of far away. So she has her phone in her hand and she's like, just call Tommy. Just call him. Just call him. But before she even can, he's opening the car door because he's already there waiting for her. And she kisses him she wants to be mad but she can't because he he knew what she needed and he was there and ready and he has groceries he's gonna make her dinner as well so um uh he he drops her off at her door and then drives off to find a parking spot while she gets comfy inside monique is waiting for her um and she has now fully changed into an undead so she's like monstrous and pale her eyes are sunken she turns she looks almost green Mm -hmm. She's bloodthirsty. She's completely insane. And she attacks Bells. Bells does her best to keep Monique talking, just keep her monologuing so that Tommy can show up. But Monique attacks her. First, though, she smashes all of her plants, which, what the fuck, man? If I'm dead, everything's dead. All of her plants? Why would you hurt a succulent? 
Well, I guess because you're an undead evil monster, there but whatever. Yeah. Um, she claws Bells's back. She corners her in the kitchen, but then Tommy shows up. Tommy tries to talk Monique down, telling her that he will leave Bells and they will go back to Boston with Yusuf and everything will be fine. They can fix it all. But Monique demands that he kill Bells as a show of his devotion. And he can't do it. So she goes full murderous rage. She goes after Bells. They fight. The fight is the fight that follows is it's short, but it's very brutal. So Tomas does his best to defend uh, Annabelle, but with uh, but without hurting Monique. But Monique does not care about the not hurting people rule. Um, and Tommy gets severely injured by a piece of broken butcher block in his side. And then Monique bites him. Ouch. And before he di- but before he dies, he manages to pull the butcher block from his body and stake Monique with it before she can kill Bells. Then Yusuf arrives and it's all just like blood and tears and broken hearts because his wife is his wife is dead, his ex-husband is dying. It's all it's all awful. He wants Yusuf Tommy asks Yusuf to kill him because he's been bitten. He doesn't want to turn undead. But Bells refuses to let that happen. She has some supplies from her mom's that they gave her to start her practicing, um, including the poultice that they use to pull vampire venom back Mm. out of the body. So they put it all over. They put it in his original wound. They cut open his like his wrists, his feet. They try to get it into his blood as fast as they can. Her mom's then arrive to perform the ceremony to dedicate Monique back to the balance I don't know. They're there for it, but they don't participate in any of this because they're in like a shielded bubble of magic. And then Bells starts to feel her bond with Tommy breaking. Um, It's the most incredible and intense pain she's ever experienced. And Yusuf tells her that it's time they have to kill Tommy now Mm -hmm. before he turns. But she she won't do it. She decides that because her blood is venom proof, they need to put her blood in his body to save him. So she asks Yusuf to perform the hand feasting ceremony and marry them because there is a blood exchange involved in that. So he does that. They exchange blood and vows. Not that Tommy can talk because he's already dead just move his mouth for him um but she's like i know what he wanted so it's enough i guess Uh, and then she passes out on his chest just as she feels the threads of his love start to touch her soul again oh that's wonderful and that is the end of the book however there is an epilogue there's always an epilogue i would be more surprised if there wasn't right um on halloween Bells has convinced Tommy to go out in costume with Shannon and Trey and they drink (laughs) their way through all the witch themed bars in town. That's delightful. The best part of this. She dressed Tommy up as Dracula and she went as his Mina, (laughs) of course. But Shannon (laughs) is dressed as sexy Scooby-Doo. Okay. And Tommy is or and uh, and Trey is dressed as Shaggy. And I think that's the best sexy Scooby-Doo. That's fucking great. I love that. And then that made me think we should do a family costume where we dress up as the mystery gang because Himbo looks a little bit like Scrappy. Yeah. Scrappy-do. Anyway. That's um, a great idea. So they drink their way through town. At the end of the night, she walks him to the cemetery where they have like a good old-fashioned chase me through the woods situation. She's like feral play? Yeah. Little, mm-hmm. A little uh, primal play. Primal play. Thank um, you. I, she, I was like, I'm learning, but I'm not yeah. quite there yet. He, he chases her through the woods. It's a good long chase. And when he finally catches her, they enjoy an absolutely filthy, sort of literally because there's mud, like they're in the woods. Yeah. A, absolutely incredible lay for, for both of them. There's cunnilingus, multiple orgasms, riding, 
and then he comes in her mouth all while sharing emotions through their supernatural bond and once they are finished he gives her his cape to cover her ruined clothes and they go home to continue their life together and they all lived hornily ever after the end. I was very confused. I forgot it was Halloween. I was like, he's a cliche. Because <laughs> he has a cape. Because he has a cape. Yeah, no, she just dressed him like Dracula against totally his will. I forgot about that. That's. Wow. That was a ride. It was. Oof. I over, I, you can always tell when I really, really enjoyed a book because I over explain in my notes. I oh, s- yeah. I skipped a lot of notes to try and keep it succinct. And it still went over what we were expecting. Oh yeah, this 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 episode did definitely run a little long, but that's okay. Sometimes they're going to be uh, a bit longer, but let's not uh, prolong uh, the proceedings any further than they need to. You've already been effusive in your praise. For, oh yes, for the book and Emmeline. Everybody knows how you feel about it. So let's uh, jump right in. We've we've started the new uh, sort of uh, segment at the end of the episode. So, what are you into? Me. What are you into? What am I into? This week. This week? This week, I am into two things. One, I am into NyQuil. I had a cold this week. NyQuil is the best. <laughs> two, Fringe. Oh, yeah. I've been watching Fringe, which is a show that came out in, what, 2005? Five or six, I yeah. I think. Um, and I always, I'm very bad about watching television in a timely way. Usually, I don't. Um, and then I'll go back like 15, 20 years later and watch the show <laughs> that I should have watched back then. I am really enjoying it. It, it has been called the last of the, of the paranormal procedurals. And I kind of agree there. I mean, there are there have been others, but the paranormal procedural had its time and it's sort of over now. And it's a good one. And they're doing some really interesting shit with like traveling in between dimensions and alternate realities and Leonard Nimoy was in it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I loved, I love seeing grandpa Leonard, the internet's grandpa. Yeah. He, he did it. He told the internet that he was everybody's grandpa at one point. So he was mine too. Cause I never had it. I, I only ever had one grandpa. So my second grandpa is Leonard Nimoy. And I just love, I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy the show. It's fucking weird and wild. And they make, grand assumptions about the the capability of human technology mm-hmm. we cannot do most of this stuff and i love it and it's great and it's got um pacey yep, in it josh jack joshua jackson joshua jackson yeah. yeah you know it was a show that took some big i watched it as it aired a little i didn't watch the entire run of it but it it took some big swings and i i, I, yeah. I appreciate that yeah right now they're doing there's a whole thing they're in two two different dimensions. There there's storylines happening in two different dimensions. There's two different Olivia's. Most everybody plays two different versions of themselves now, which is really interesting. It's great. It was almost like a proto dollhouse in yeah. that regard. Yeah. Dollhouse was really, really good. Love Elijah the Douche Coup though. Man, yeah. how did I not know I was queer back then? <laughs> right. It was just obsessed with Eliza Douchku. I just thought she was so cool. Yeah, I, I, don't I just know. I just wanted to be her. I just, I just, I just wanted to be her think you know, be she's with her. neat yeah i just think she's neat oh i knew and that 35 year old me is like no bitch you thought she was hot you know the, but okay the, the second the, the the second she showed up on buffy i i knew i knew what <laughs> I, I knew what i was about but oh. i was also confused about xander uh so now i know you had a nick brennan thing oh yeah yeah all right it's too bad he's a piece of shit he as a person a bit of a piece of shit as a person so what are you into? Well, uh, much like you, I am revisiting uh, some art uh, media from the past. I have been revisiting my favorite comic book series. 
Mm, uh, Strangers in Paradise. We've mentioned it on the show before. I got the omnibus for uh, for Christmas from you uh, a couple years ago, and I had not dived into it, but I've read it many, many times. Uh, it, it it's celebrating its thirtieth anniversary this year. Yeah. It debuted in 1993 and ran until 2007. Wow, I didn't realize it ran that long. It ran for a very long time. There were multiple spinoffs. Uh, there there was a relaunch of it uh, in the I want to in the 2010s, I think. And then he recently uh, Terry Moore. He is a phenomenal. He wrote and he, he, there's nobody like him anymore yeah. in comics. He mm-hmm. drew and wrote. Everything. everything and it's about it follows the story of two women francine and uh francine peters and katina kachu shivansky uh and their friend david uh and it's just it's what you would call a slice of life comic yeah. but there's so much more to it than that it's funny it's it's so sweet and touching there's there's a uh, like a whodunit there's crime yep. there's noir there's some mafia stuff mafia stuff it's in it, it's funny because it's mafia stuff uh, as written by a dude in his like mid thirties in the early nineties. Yeah. But it's still really, really good. And I highly recommend that you go uh, check it out. He's actually doing uh, a big like three day live stream. Oh, cool. He does this every year and it's this weekend where he sketches on the air and sells the sketches and or, yeah, on stream and everything. And I might uh, tune in just to see it because uh, two of my favorite sketches, two of the first sketches I ever got at cons uh, or one, excuse me, uh, came from him. I have yep. a, a kachu. You have a kachu, yeah. Uh, somewhere lurking. But uh, Strangers in Paradise, that's the uh, the thing that I am into this week. Strangers it, in Paradise is great. And when all is said and done, it's also a beautiful love story between Francine and kachu. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, there's no way to explain uh, all of it yeah. uh, in, in, a, in a short amount of time. So if you ever have the ability, uh, go check your local library. Maybe you can find it digitally. Um, it's, it's amazing. But do, if you decide you want to check it out, make sure that you're uh, checking out which volume. Uh, the first volume was only three issues. And then I think the second volume is technically like five or six. And then like the bulk of the run for the rest of the 90 issue, 90 total issues comes in the third volume. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway. But anyway, can I borrow your microphone for a second? Yeah. Uh, we were asked if we would have Puppy Corner by a listener on TikTok. So uh, Himbo snoring. Himbo, do you like smut? Nope, he likes sleep. He's just been sleeping next to me this whole time, we, listener. We did get one uh, good snooze. Oh, there. good one. Well, okay. What do we have on the agenda for next week? Oh, yes. Shit. I forgot the name of it. <laughs> I have it all picked out. I have the whole I have the whole month planned. I'm very excited. Next week I am reading Hollow's Grove by Lee Jack. Jacquat, Jacquat. It's a, uh, it's Creole, French Creole uh, name. I don't know. I I think it's Jacquat. We will correct the record. And I by will next correct week. the record by next week for sure. But it's a Halloween themed, um, like best friends, older brother romance. Interesting. It should be very fun. Yeah, I look forward. I'm very to excited. It. But in the meantime, 
You can find us on social media. We are on Instagram and TikTok at Cheap Smut. If you'd like to send us an email, I highly encourage you to do so. CheapSmutPod at gmail.com. The song that you hear in this and every episode is called Nostalgia by Makai Beats. You can find it along with thousands of other songs free of charge for you to use in your podcast or anything, really, at the Free Music Archive, freemusicarchive.com. I can't wait to read another book for you guys next week. But in the meantime, listener, if there is a book in you, write it. And if there's fucking in it, I'll read it. And then she will come on this show and explain it to me for your entertainment. Now I'm going to spend some time with my husband before I fuck off up north. Goodbye. Bye-bye.